Hello, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast Technical Difficulties Apology. If you are hearing this opening at the beginning of our broadcast, then at some point during our remote recording of this episode, either Lacey or Annie experienced a free software malfunction or a feline interruption which affected the quality of the recording. We apologize for the inconvenience and assure you that any and all strings of curse words that accompanied said malfunction have been removed from the podcast by our loyal and hardworking sound engineer, Mark. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. <laughs> I've done this how many times now and I almost messed this up. Uh, I'm Lacey Bogger Vilas, who is struggling today, and I'm the editor here at whatever this rodeo is. And I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle, who I hope has it a little more together than I do today. Um, I'm more of a morning person than you, um, though I, 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 I blame this cup of coffee for that. Um, but we are we are recording in the morning, which is a very rare sight for us. Um, but that's yeah, it, it, I'm very not a morning person. Th- these are our apo- these are our public apologies to the sound guy that we are recording this late and therefore in the morning. Uh, we are also entering the the part of the year where a bunch of us have various vacations and time off and stuff scheduled. So our recording schedule is, is a little out of whack and a little out of order and a little lots of things. So please bear with us. We will still get you the content on time. You just may, I don't know, laugh at us a lot more while we're making it because it's, yeah. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? I mean, at least if I had to get up and record early in the day that I'm really glad that I get to talk about one of my favorite streaming shows for the past few years that Annie informed me before we started, we have never actually talked about on the show in its own proper episode. I'm pretty sure that I've brought it up in kind of like our end of year, best of half mm-hmm. year, best of kind of episodes. Cause yep. I truly just adore this show, but we've never found a slot for it, but now we have, and we are finally going to talk about the, Hulu satirical period drama, The Great. It is occasionally historically accurate. An occasionally true story. I I will. I will admit that we have actually. I have tried every year to schedule a great episode, and then something happens, and we bump it. And so this time we are not bumping it because. um, Spoiler alert for anyone who has not actually. Oh yeah, just so before we before we even talk about this show, because since we've never done it, we should actually probably set the show up here a little bit. But this will have major spoilers for all three seasons of The Great. If you have not watched it and are considering watching it which I heartily recommend. This is truly one of my favorite shows of the past few years. It's so it's so good on so many levels, but like just turn off this episode and save it because we are going to talk about a lot of things that will ruin the experience for you. So warning, warning. Um, the, the show is, we should, we should do a little, we haven't done an episode, right. so we should do a little intro. Um, the show is the story of Catherine the Great of Russia, sort of. It's from Tony McNamara, who is the mind behind The Favorite, which, you know, we all loved a few years ago when Olivia Colman won an Oscar for it. But it's kind of that same vibe of it's history, but not quite. Although I think The Favorite was probably a little bit more accurate than The Great is. Um, The Great is... uh, I like to describe The Great as a show that is very much um, not particularly faithful to the letter of the law when it comes to history. Although it does get a lot of surprising things correct in roundabout ways uh but it is remarkably i think faithful to the spirit of 
the law. It is really thoughtful about history as kind of an institution, like who gets to decide what history is, who gets to tell what history is, who gets to kind of give people the roles that they supposedly play in history. It's about female autonomy and female power and what it means to try to wield both of those things as a woman in a society that doesn't think you should have them. It's really, it's also hysterically funny, but in, in, in the humor is real pathos and insight. And I just, I just love the show so much. Season uh, season one came out at the same time as Helen Mirren's Catherine the Great over on HBO. And I found the two shows to be just a brilliant contrast in how to do history properly and how not to do history properly, because both were fantastic shows within their own genre, telling the same story and telling it in two completely different ways. Um, the great season one starts with Catherine when she first arrives in Russia and really plays into the innocence that she has to shed as well as how much she has to realize that her ambitions have men in the way and that she has to sort of figure out how to get them out of the way and how to basically work within the system. Uh, season two, it be, it basically ends with season one where she basically locks up her husband, which is historically accurate. Season two, instead of killing him off like she's supposed to, um, they fall in love. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure they actually do in real life. Um, um, this is another area of history where I know quite enough to be a little bit dangerous, okay. but not like Russian history was not my forte. But I do think Catherine the Great is remarkable. And just FYI, she never slept with her horse. Like, just stop. <laughs> People are gross. Um, the real Catherine came to Russia at uh, the request of Peter the Thirds, who was the Peter in the show, Aunt Elizabeth, who was currently Empress of Russia. In the show, Aunt Elizabeth is not Empress of Russia, but in the real life, Elizabeth Petrovna was Empress of Russia for something like 20 years. And Catherine came to Russia, married Peter, they had Paul. They were together and sort of next in line to the throne for at least a decade, I think. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, Peter did not... I think it was actually longer than a decade now that I think about it, but it doesn't matter. It's not important. Um, Peter ascends to the throne on Elizabeth's death. So they become, you know, emperor and empress. I think Catherine coos him like, yes, less than a, less than a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, he's thrown in jail. He dies under mysterious circumstances and she becomes empress, but they, de- they did not, uh, I mean, clearly the big differences are Elizabeth is is in the show and not dead or Empress. And in the show, she is Peter the Great's ex-lover rather than his daughter, which is really weird when you think about it. They also they also sort of um, the 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 character, the Peter character of Nicholas Holt is also sort of both Peter, Peter, the Peter, the third and Peter, the great, who was the one before him. It, they, they have a tendency to mash them together like they really don't. Uh, no, up. Peter, the, it goes in real life. It, well, in the show, Peter, the great is the emperor before him. In real life, mm-hmm. it goes Peter, the great Elizabeth and then ah, Peter, the third. OK, Um. But in the show, Peter the Third does cast a long shadow because, like, uh, Peter the Great, I'm sorry. Why, why does every country have to name their leaders the same thing? Can you just call people, like, I don't know. I know. Seriously. Matthew or something? Just some- <laughs> <laughs> It's 
something different. Um, I will say that the, the the actual Peter the Great in the show, which is Jason Isaacs, is brilliant. Love him. Anyway, um, continue. The casting the casting director in the show is just truly unmatched. Um. Anyway, so the second season of the show begins. The first season ends with Catherine's coup of her husband. The second season begins with Peter sort of on the run from her cooing force and then under kind of like house arrest and, and they go through a lot of scheming and a lot of mutual betrayal. She, he tries to like coo her back. She tries to kill him and they realize that they are in love with each other. And they're honestly like super adorable despite being incredibly messed up. But season three basically starts with them having tried to over, having tried, succeeded or tried and failed to overthrow one another. And Catherine literally stabbed one of Peter's lookalikes, who are people that basically body doubles. Who are all played by Nicholas Holt. <laughs> um, Peter did really have a lot of body doubles like that. Um, although Pugachev, who was a character this season, was not one of them. He did actually have a body double that reportedly looked exactly like him. So that part is true. But that body double was not in Pugachev. Anyway, so they decide having... Having realized after Catherine stabs a man who looks like Peter five times in the back um, that they love each other, season three opens with the two of them trying to figure out how to make marriage work, how to make their marriage work, how to raise their son together, how to... Can I just interrupt here? The baby, baby Paul is like this nuclear football of a baby that just gets thrown around all season. And it is one of my favorite details of the show. Okay. Um, fun historical fact, Paul was born well before either of them were on the throne of Russia and was basically raised by Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, there's so many like things. Like um, season two features a, Catherine, a visit from Catherine the Great's mom played by the great Gillian Anderson. Um, and Catherine the Great's mom was like dead at that point. So like everything, all, all of this stuff is sort of like smooshed together in that way. The fact that we have a baby Paul when he's basically in his 20s and we're debating whether or not he should be ordained, which I guess is uh, baptized. I mean, basically, by, by this point, that Paul would have been like eight, but still. Yeah, okay. But yeah, like there, there's so much here that is that is historically inaccurate and you just roll with it. Um, and honestly, like this show could have run just on Holt and Fanning's chemistry it could have just run on the 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 satirical nature of it of the way it takes on history they could have spent the entire season like playing with the love story and and the i love you i want to kill you and then i love you again kind of thing and instead they pulled the succession and they killed off peter and i was just i was so impressed i i i didn't see it coming i was you know, like at least with Succession, like I knew that the moment they said that Succession's last season was happening, that Logan Roy would die some point in this season, right? Like I knew with well, I mean, Game of Thrones, the, it's in the title, right? It's in the like, title, I, babe. I, I knew in Game of Thrones because I read the book that Sean Bean would die before the end of season one, right? But somehow, like this show managed to completely pull the wool over my eyes, and when he went through the ice, my my jaw dropped. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me." They're killing him? Really? Um, really? I actually sort of figured it was coming. I actually thought he was going to die last season. I think it's because they didn't kill him last season that I was convinced they wouldn't now. Okay, anyway, continue. Um, I was I was pretty sure that he was going to die. 
uh, that does not mean I was not heartbroken by it. I think that episode is the best one of the that episode, the one immediate following it. Uh, one of mm-hmm. Ice is the episode that he dies in. It's episode six and episode seven, whose which name I've forgotten is. Those are the two best episodes of the season in my opinion. They're wonderful, just like pieces of television. But I was pretty sure they were going to kill him this season because I thought they were going to do it last season and they didn't. And so I really looked at all the like cute Catherine and Peter stuff as just like a real gift because I did not think as, I mean, the show is called The Great. The show is about Catherine. That I did not think Catherine, this Catherine, could really become Catherine the Great if Peter was still there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, they've got to kill him eventually because otherwise she can't become the woman that she's supposed to be mm-hmm. and I, I mean I think they did it really well I think mm-hmm. it was really um it was it, the way they did it felt really right for the show because it was uh, like in the stupidest possible way like he didn't he didn't get sniped in a in a rebellion or a coup or whatever he had a terrible accident and I mean that's real life. That's what happens, but not to Peter. Obviously, he his real death was sort of gross. But and and since we don't actually know how he died, like this actually gives the show a way to make it so that Catherine has to fudge how he dies because she doesn't want people to know that he died accidentally, and nobody in a way is going to believe that he died accidentally. And so there's this whole like that really does sort of set up the the, the situation, as you say, it's true to the spirit of history. And I felt that this was true to the spirit of history. I also thought, and this is one of the this is one of the details that I caught when I was watching the show. Um, episode six and seven were written by Tony McNair. Like those are the only two. I think no, those aren't the only. He also wrote the last one. Um, but those are the only. Those are the two that he wrote by himself without anybody else. Like all the others had like basically like co-writers, and that was him alone. And I think that that. I think that's part of why it's so strong is because it sort of returns back to him to cover the show by himself and really like get at the heart of it. Well, I, lo- I specifically love the episode that follows because it's co- it's told in, in a triptych of um, Elizabeth and Catherine and Peter's BFF, Gregor, like all kind of in the aftermath of his death. And mm-hmm. it's just a really kind of, I think, beautiful depiction of the different ways that people grieve the different way there's no the the different ways that there's no wrong way Mm -hmm. in that there's no wrong way to grieve someone and everybody's like journey with that is gonna look different not to talk too much about succession but one of the things that struck me um succession is almost over when we're recording this the episode we just saw was the funeral where roman roy played by kieran culkin has a complete breakdown um in front of the casket when he's supposed to give the eulogy and that moment where um where Elle Fanning breaks down as Catherine when Peter's death is revealed and she just starts crying and she can't stop like to me those two moments are two of the most heartbreaking that I have watched this month and honestly, it's it's one of the reasons why my brain keeps sort of mushing these two as like the two great shows of May 2023, because both of them hit me so hard in the same way from two different characters reacting in two totally different ways. Does that make sense? Like 
Yeah, like that. Those depictions of grief are so good. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Sorry, I keep interrupting. Um, <laughs> ha! I'm not sure where I'm not sure where I was going with that now because I got distracted. Okay. But um, yeah, I think it's a really. I think it was. I think killing Peter as much as I hate it because I truly just you know at heart Peter Catherine Shipper all the way. I think. They were wonderful. I think Al Fanning and Nicholas Holt. We'd love to see the Skins Hive thriving, by the way. Um, uh, can't believe that that's like uh, Tony Stoneham. But just just wild times for British TV fans. Um, but I, just, I think their chemistry is so great and wonderful. And, and I do wonder whether I think the show can go on past this point. Not because... Not because it's lost Peter, although I will miss Peter and his weird lookalike. Uh, it's just that where the season ends, I feel like A is just a great, great ending of Catherine dancing to ACDC, which is just a longtime favorite of mine. And like, it's just such a, it's such a striking final image and it also feels like if this is where the show ends it sort of ends at the beginning of like the myth of Catherine if mm-hmm. you will like mm-hmm. like this show has ma- has forged her into this person who will become the one history remembers mm-hmm. so I feel like that in itself is like if this is not that I would not watch like five more seasons of this I absolutely would but if this is where they decide to stop it I think it's a good place um I also uh I the the title of the season three finale is Once Upon a Time. Um, and that to me felt very much like an end. Um, you know, because it's the beginning but it's the end, if that makes sense. Um, I also I love the fact that they give her a haircut. Well, I mean, women uh, women everywhere and the wake of trauma cut their hair. I know. Um, but there's just there's something about the the sudden giving her this modern haircut and even though her dress her her funeral dress because she's in mourning is uh is is the big flouncy sort of period appropriate it also feels extremely like red carpet ready and 2023 and the whole thing feels very weirdly modern especially with the acdc soundtrack and the dancing and that to me also felt like we'd sort of jumped um and that that this is that this is this is Catherine always that that it, that that this moment is timeless when the woman comes into her own and there's almost a level where I don't want a season four the show has not been renewed so far by the way as of this recording I have read uh, quite a few interviews with Tony McNamara that he does have he does have more plans he does mm. have more story that he you know could do he's he's thought about the series beyond this point I think it's just up to whether or not the streaming powers that be pick it up again so we'll see but I do but weirdly I do feel like I'm gonna be okay either way because I think that if this is where it ends I will be sad to not have any more new episodes of the show but I think it ends in a good place dare I say great place (laughs) um this show also killed off a lot of other characters that I was not sort of expecting. Um, Orlo, for instance, um, Sasha Dewan being being hot, um, is shot in the head. It's just it's just such a weird choice. Well, right? not to kill him, not to kill him off, but because I just think that um, 
I think Sasha Juwan had to probably like go make Doctor Who or something, or he's just like booked and busy and didn't have time for another season. But it is a really weirdly dismissive death Mm -hmm. in the sense that like it just sort of happens. No one even knows it happens. Like Catherine didn't know she did it. And then bears eat him. Yeah. that's, that's really just the kind of humor that this show does. So he basically just kind of disappears on her is what happens. I know. Everybody just thinks that he left. Yeah. Because there's no body because of the bears. <laughs> um, I also really kind of love um, one of the things that they do this season is they bring in um, the fact that the American Revolution is going on. Oh, yeah, Russia had no involvement in any of this. This is completely made up. Okay, I didn't think this was... Because I know that there was, like, a level where um, Russia and Catherine the Great supported Great Britain, but not against the Americans. They just sort of supported them in general. Like, they just gave them money for things when the ambassador came around. But I didn't think there was anything to do with the American Revolution, so I was completely thrown by that. That part's part's made up. Okay. Um, and I think that that's actually partly because this is made for American audiences. So the American Revolution had to show up at some point. Um, and honestly, like, I thought that episode was so neat because it's one of the ones before Peter dies. And we sort of get to see what what they could have been as a couple had he survived. I love soft dad, Peter, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. Peter spends mo- Peter because he has been deposed is basically, like, the housewife now. So mm-hmm. he, like, chats with ambassadors' wives and he, like, lugs little baby Paul around in, like, a a, a bear fur baby Bjorn. It's and great. He's, like, experimenting with cooking. Like, it's just really... It's very adorable. It really is. And and it's a weird... It's a weird contrast... Or weird is not really... It's, it's, it's interesting contrast mm-hmm. between, like, the sort of Peter of the earlier seasons who just was like killing people indiscriminately and stuff and he's just like being dad of the year here it's very it's very sweet um i also really love the fact that like we have sort of a replacement couple that's been sort of set up so if there is a season four because we have the uh we have the the two that are trying to basically like take back sweden oh i i truly hate that i i do as much as i love this season like they're just the great has some consistent issues that it just is going to i think always have one of them is that the episodes are a little bit long Mm -hmm. they're a little bit overstuffed with like extraneous things Mm -hmm. i cannot stand the random swedes in exile plot i just i don't know i think you could jettison that entire thing and not lose anything except peter has to have a reason to go to sweden so he's like on the ice in episode six yeah um, the fact that they became the reason that Peter died kind of cracked me up. But the fact that they still haven't taken back Sweden and that can- Catherine has basically canceled their plans and that they're still there does sort of give this scheming couple that she has to deal with um, if we were to go to a season four. And I'm, I, I, there, uh, you know, because they're most of the other characters like Elizabeth, like, um, like, like, um, not Maria. Um, what's her name? Um, Georgina? Uh, uh, Georgina, Tatiana. <laughs> um, Mariel. Um, Phoebe Fox. I was like, Phoebe Fox? What's Phoebe Fox's character's name? Um, she, uh, you know, there's so many of them that are there basically to sort of fight with 
Catherine over the throne. And like, yeah, Georgina, who's played by Charity Wakefield, uh, has this whole thing where she's going to marry the uh, the baby Paul and that doesn't happen quite. Um, you know, Archie, who is the archbishop, um, they call him Archie. I love that. Um, it, it, it's sort of done in, but then not. Um, there's so many like plots that are all about Catherine and taking over the throne that having these two sort of, you know, random Swedes that want to go like fight somewhere else is especially because it's Freddie Fox as the king who I find really funny. King Hugo. Um, uh, I, I I like having them there. I see why they're there. I also understand why you probably find them extraneous because they are sort of extraneous. But I feel like they're sort of necessary too because otherwise it would be nothing but Catherine and these people plotting against her. And having sort of this extra set that sort of forces you to face outward is also really helpful. Mm, I think you can get that through the whole like uh, Catherine trying to modernize the serfs plot. Mm, I, I do love the fact that they that they struggle with that a lot, um, and the whole meeting with all of the uh, the, the the big is that actually did that actually happen? Do we know if that actually happened? That she had a, a big conference with all of the different walks of life to discuss. Like, um, I feel like I I don't know, but my gut says probably no. not. <laughs> um, I don't think so. Okay, I I. You know, these just there's so many things like it, it like it's unbelievable. And yet somehow I sort of see I can, I can kind of see trying to do that and failing completely. Um, I, I found like that there's so much about the show that is just quietly delightful Um, in in how they handle like things like the serfs or like um or 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 just like Elizabeth and and Catherine's sort of battle to who's gonna who's gonna be the strong one here oh you i know? don't think it's a battle like I, elizabeth is no joke my favorite character of the entire show mm-hmm. i adore her belinda bromelow is incredible um oh she's just she's she's doing great work here she's just like so so good mm-hmm. i love i love this character i love the way that even though almost nothing about this version of Elizabeth is factually true. Um, although I think she was fond of Catherine because she's, I think, is the reason that she came to Russia in the first place. But um, I love their relationship. I love how on a different kind of show, the Elizabeth character would just be this batty, crazy old lady who mm-hmm. like talks to butterflies and, and has weird sexcapades with the household guards. <laughs> but I just think she's so quietly... Uh, modeling the kind of I want to not middle of the road but like she understands in a way that Catherine has yet to learn that that like you can't you have to find a way to meet people where they're at instead of where you think they should be Mm. because I think that she shares a lot of Catherine's kind of egalitarian ideas about what russia should be but she also knows russians and that they're not going to immediately like outlaw murder (laughs) um um, and i just i just love her so much i love um there's a bit at the end of the season where she is basically doing the moonstruck snap out of it thing to Catherine, and she's like i 
I someone has to stand up and lead this country. And if you will not do it, then maybe it is my destiny to do it. And if I sit down, I'm not getting up for anyone. If I sit down in that chair, I'm not getting up for anyone, not even for you. Um, and then she does sit down in the chair, but she also does get up again mm-hmm. because she sees that that Catherine, she sees the everything that Catherine is capable of. And she sees her finally like embracing that herself. And I just love, I just love Elizabeth like so, so much. I think it's such an interesting, really complicated character that really could have been a joke and isn't. Um, I also have to say that one of the things I think uh, Nicholas Holt really got to have kind of a showcase this season, uh, not just as Peter, Peter third, um, but then as Pugachev, afterwards like basically he is in all 10 episodes of the season even though he technically dies in episode six because then his body double basically kind of winds up running around pretending to be peter when not actually pretending to be peter and it actually it's it's part of what allows catherine to confuse everybody of what actually happened to peter because she does actually take pugachev and toss him in jail at one point so and people think that he's Peter at that point, even though like some people know perfectly well he's not Peter, but they're let they're letting they're they're sticking with him because he might as well be Peter. And you know, it it it's it just it's best we got, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of this show that's really intriguingly to me about um about the idea of history as not necessarily facts, but like the stories we decide to tell. Mm-hmm. And I think that this finale really leans into that in ways that are super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the fact that basically she gets to kill Holt twice, that Holt basically gets to die twice, um, is, a uh, is there, there, there's a cyclicalness to it almost, um, which I also really love, um, because I love the kind of idea that, you know, all this has happened before and all this will happen again. And, 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 you know, basically like Catherine gets to sort of kill Peter without killing Peter, even though Peter's already dead. Does that make sense? That kind of came out weird. Um, it, 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 it did kind of come out weird. Okay. No, what, I, what I'm trying to say, hold on, let me see if I can, it's morning people. I've only had a cup and a half of coffee. Um, what I feel like is that by killing the other Nicholas Holt, the other Pugachev, the Pugachev, that there's a level where that is part of also what helps Catherine get over Peter's death. Like she gets to she gets to kill him in the way she didn't get to kill him. And she gets to sort of work through her grief over him dying on her through that. Does that make sense? There we go. That's what I was trying to say. OK, <laughs> I can see your argument. I don't necessarily know that I agree with it. Okay, that's fine. I think. Um, um, I mean, it wouldn't be an episode if we did if we agreed the whole way through. We'd be really, really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't think I agree with that. I think. I think Catherine's grief is very genuine, and I think that a lot of. I think that a lot of her anger towards Puchev is rooted in the fact that, because of some of the things that he has done, uh, Peter is going to be remembered poorly. Mm. And I think she's she's very at various points she's very concerned that that part of the reason she she wants to force Pugachev to tell people that he's not Peter is because she doesn't want history to remember 
Peter saying all the terrible things about her that Pugachev says, or the terrible things about their relationship, or the terrible things about the country, or whatever. Like, a lot of this is sort of a propaganda battle, and a propaganda battle that extends far beyond, like, everybody in the show's lifetime. Mm. Which I think is actually a really interesting framing, but yeah, I think her anger towards Pugachev is not so much about working through grief, but about trying to control a narrative. Mm. and or try or trying to decide that this is not the way she wants a person that she genuinely loved and genuinely loved her to be remembered after they are both gone Mm. um speaking of uh i also feel that this season is really like l fanning's like peak um in this show give that girl some awards she is so good Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand why The Great doesn't get a lot of Emmy respect and a lot of rewards respect, because it is a satire, and there's a level where, like, this I mean, short... there's, a le- there's a level of silliness to it, where mm-hmm. people think that you, just, you don't have to take it seriously. But I think that, like I said, I think that this season has done some of the best work on you know, what grief is, and what history is, and why we tell the stories we tell about people who were real people that, that, you know, I think it's really, and just, it's so smart. And I think that a lot of times that gets overlooked or it's just easier to laugh at like the orgy jokes. Mm. Um, so if there is a season four, what would you like to see? I would well I can't believe I'm about to say this as I said I'm like just a diehard Catherine Peter person but I would love to see what the show would make of Gregory Potemkin because mm. we don't we, we haven't really gotten a Potemkin character there's no Potemkin stand in there's nothing Mm-mm. we haven't had anything like well, that no, I mean Orlov was a real person so I'm yes, assuming that was. there would be a real Potemkin person Okay, question. Granted, the real Orlov is very different from the one in the show, but I just would love to. Uh, most historians tend to believe that that uh, Potemkin was the great love of Catherine's life. So I don't know what this show would do with that in the wake of the way that it sort of contextualized Peter and Catherine's relationship. Maybe we're not supposed to only have one great love in our lives. I don't know. But I would love to see what they would do with that. Because I had the thought. Um, especially after they killed off Pugachev and we have all these Peter lookalikes wandering about, if they would cast Nicholas Holt again, now as Potemkin in season four, and have him play it, make him look very different, like, but also have him be sort of so that it it it, it has this sense of 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 she's falling in love with the same man in different guises. Hmm. If that makes sense. I don't hate that, but I also, that doesn't feel like, that That doesn't feel like, I don't think the show would do that. But I don't okay. hate that idea. Just um, that I also love Nicholas Holt and like to see him thrive. But also I heard he may or may not be in the running for Superman, so he might be busy. Yeah, yeah. He um he is apparently on the shortlist for Superman. Um, Now that uh, Henry Cavill has uh, had to hang up or had the cape taken away from him. Um, <laughs> poor yeah, you left the Witcher for nothing, boo. <laughs> um, so I the thing about the great, and this is true for right now, all of Hulu's true programming. Um, Hulu, as as I think most people have come to realize, is mostly owned by Disney at this point, 
And there were different, like, basically, like, verticals within it. And the great is one of the is Hulu's own. Um, if Hulu were to be sold to Comcast rather than kept by Disney, the great would go with Hulu to Comcast and be part of Peacock and Hulu. Whereas all of the Disney-owned Hulu stuff, which is all the FX things, would stay with Disney. And I feel like everything that is in Hulu's own vertical that isn't owned in some part by Disney at this point is kind of in a holding pattern as they try to figure out what to do with the streaming service. Um, uh, Disney's CEO, Iger, originally, um, when originally Hulu was supposed to be sold to Disney at the end of this year, like that was sort of like the plan back in 2019. Um Comcast owns one third of it. Uh, uh, Disney owns the other two thirds. You've got y'all play Monopoly. The one who has one card always ends up selling the one that has two cards. That's the way it works. Um, and everybody sort of assumed that this whole time, except when Iger retook the reins as CEO and with the recession and everything and streaming not being quite what everybody thought it was going to be, he was like, hmm, "What would happen if we sold our two cards to Comcast?" Um, and that has sort of thrown everything into disarray. Now, since then, he sort of backtracked on that. And now we're talking about putting Hulu as a tile under Disney Plus, And we think we're going back to that, which means all of the Hulu stuff will stay right as it is. And we may very well get another season of The Great because everyone who is at Hulu will stay at Hulu, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I am curious, though, if, the, if Hulu was to basically leave Disney and go to Comcast, would you want the great to continue? I don't understand the question. Um, okay, so basically, if right now what we get is we get a a show that is greenlit by Hulu, but still sort of under the Disney umbrella. If I mean, does this matter? Do real people think that this matters? Yes, actually, they do. I love you, but I know that you care a lot more about where these tiles are. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not a real person. It's okay. Um, no, no, no. Um, I actually do. I do think this matters because Hulu will change drastically if it leaves Disney, and we w- and it will well, probably. If that is be- true, if that is true, I think the question is like, how much would that move affect the show that the great is? I don't know. Like, mm. I don't. I don't. I don't know how much you can super alter the DNA of something that would at that point be going into its fourth season, albeit on a different network. Um, I think the identity of the show, the identity of Hulu and the show, the identity of basically you get all these different people up at the top and do they push to change the show? Do we, do we want, would we prefer the great to stay as is and end with season three? If Hulu were to change drastically, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Um, I don't think that if Hulu changed gra- drastically at this point, it would be that big of a okay. deal for the show. Okay. Um, no, that, that's... I just don't. Th- I just don't think that this is the kind of show that it's certainly prestige-y, but it's not like brand defining. Mm. So I don't think that this is something that they would be super interested in, like having a lot of their hands in because they're just like, Oh, well this is nice. And it gets like great critical reviews and, and whatever, whatever. I don't, I don't know that I think the great has a huge audience. I wish more people watched it because it's really good. Um, But like I said, I think I will be happy either way. I, mm-hmm. I would certainly, I would certainly watch the crap out of a season four. I, I think there is, you know, still a lot of, of, 
things the show could do. I think Elle Fanning is just tremendous and mm-hmm. I would love to see her continue in this role. But if this is where it ends, then I think it's not a bad place for it to end. Okay. Um, I honestly do wish that um this show got pushed more in the awards um run up at the end of the year. I do. Well, and I think I don't... it's just because like these they don't know how to brand it. It's like Mm. the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing awards voters that the show the bear is a comedy it is not um so i feel like this is a lot in that vein like yes the show is funny is it a comedy not really sort of like succession actually because succession is funny as hell but it's also not really a comedy and he gets to sit in the drama. Yeah, but booth. Succession competes in drama categories. The, Succession yeah. competes in drama categories at award shows, which is honestly like they're going to win everything for this final season and everybody already knows it. But like The Bear, for example, which is it's this show on FX or Hulu or FX on Hulu about a, a chef who is complicated. Let's just leave it at that. But <laughs> the show, for some reason, keeps getting submitted in comedy categories despite the fact that it is demonstrably not a comedy. It's just funny sometimes. But it's also incredibly, like, high stress and emotional. And it's the bear is not a comedy. And just it's insane that people try to pretend that it is so in the mm. hopes that it will win awards. And I think a lot of people look at the great like that. They think because it's funny which it is, it's incredibly funny. And it's funny in sort of an intellectual way rather than a slapstick way most of the time. There is certainly a little bit of of dumb physical humor that I could do without. But I think people think it's a comedy because it's funny. It's not. It is 100% a drama that just has humor. Mm. Um. Okay, Uh. I don't disagree with you, and honestly, like, I guess I'm just frustrated that, like, The Great does not get nearly the due that it deserves. And you're right, it is it is basically not Hulu's flagship show, even though, in a lot of ways, I think it's a heck of a lot better than The Handmaid's Tale. Well, the first season, we could we could do a whole episode on the fall of The Handmaid's Tale. But, um, <laughs> Except it's not British. Except it's not British, but, uh, so we will not, but, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess the great is not to everyone's taste. This is a very specific type of humor. It's a very specific type of story that straddles a a lot of different lines that don't necessarily go together. So, I mean, I get it, but the performances are so darn good. True. Womp the perils of peak TV. Yeah. And honestly, like if, if this is the, I think you're right. If this is the end of the great, um, you know, then you, if this if this is the end, I think it stuck the landing. I think it could keep going and stick the landing again if it wanted to, but I don't think it has to. Like I don't think I don't think I, I will feel that it is unfinished if it does not continue. That is not to say that I would not just joyfully watch any more of this show that they wanted to give me. But it's a it's a nice position to be in versus some shows I am looking at you, Ted Lasso that don't seem to know what they're doing in terms of their future. And it makes it really hard to know how to respond to it as a viewer. I feel like I'm sitting in a great place with the grade because it's, I will be happy either way. 
But anyway, this episode is basically my like 45 minute plea for you guys to watch The Great because it is so wonderful and I love it so much. And I'm just really glad that we managed to finally get a full episode dedicated to the show and that it ended up happening here because I think of all the places to do a show on The Great, this was the right season. I know, same. I think so too. I think so too. And um, consider this my <laughs> one of my last period drama hurrahs before I have to watch mysteries for the rest of the summer we'll figure some stuff out i promise we'll find stuff for you thoughts and prayers people thoughts and prayers <laughs> um that is our show on the great series called the great please go watch it i promise i really don't push shows this this hard on the pod very often but it's it's so good guys i promise i promise it is worth it um anyway I will shut up because I could keep going. So, Annie, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me at Annie Bundle just about everywhere on any social media that has popped up promising to, to replace Twitter. Um, you can also find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter because I'm still there. Uh, you can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find me at Annie Bundle on Instagram, though most of that is just fuzzy pictures of my adorable cat. Um, yeah, I'm uh, the associate editor here at Televisions, and I also freelance around the web, and I've been writing about Succession and Yellow Jackets and all sorts of things like HBO Max becoming just Max over at Primetimer. So, yeah, just basically, like, follow me somewhere on social media and uh, click on the links to see what I wrote today. Huzzah! Now, you guys, if you watch The Great, know that I say that every episode, and now you know why. Um, I am Lacey MB on Twitter and virtually every other social media platform. And like Annie, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web, but I always tweet my bylines. So come read my stuff, be my friend, look at my cat pictures. They're very handsome. If you just they want are. the site and the pod, they are. And it's almost their birthday. Um, I say it's almost their birthday. Their birthday's in like August, but still. Um, I don't have a cat with me in here recording today, so I miss them. Anyway, if you just want the site and the pod and none of that stuff, we are on social media at Telly underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word, on Facebook. If you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org where you can read news, updates, recaps, listicles, reviews, all manner of things that are fun and enticing. And if you want to super be nice to us, you can click on that donate button up top to help us keep making all of this great content for your eyes and ears. In doing so, you have the chance to get access to PDS Passport, which is just chock full of early and exclusive binge opportunities for the summer, including all of D.I. Ray, which is not aired yet, um, new series, our house, which I keep wanting to call Our Town, and that is not its name, and Marriage with Sean Bean and Nicola Walker. Like, so much stuff, plus the endless stream of Walter's Choice. I, I keep wanting to sing the Our House in the middle of our street. <laughs> I just keep wanting to call it Our Town, and it's really our strange. House um, anyway. In the middle of our street. Yeah, Mark's probably gonna have to bleak that now, because I don't know if we can sing things on the pod. I don't know these, I don't know laws. Laws are hard. <laughs> Um, anyway, that is our show. Thank you, as always, for listening. We hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. Happy summer. It is officially here, as we all know it starts with Memorial Day. Uh, we would like to once again reiterate our support for the Writers Guild of America, who still deserves uh, fair contracts and fair pay for all the content they create. Without them, we would certainly not have a show, because we would have nothing to talk about. So... 
Let's all cross our fingers that this is resolved expeditiously and fairly before it super starts impacting all the things that we want to watch later this year. I mean, how many classics revisited do you guys really want to sit through is what I'm saying. So yeah, pay them. This summer we are, as I said, recording things a little early and out of order. So please bear with us, but we promise we will try to talk about everything that is of import and excitement to you guys and to us. In the meantime, do something nice for a stranger, take care of yourselves, get a COVID booster if you are eligible for one, stock up on allergy medications, because apparently this season of tree pollen is brutal. And I don't know, do something kind. It really does make your day better. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. <laughs>